Welcome to the Optimize Your Capacity podcast. Our goal is to help individuals as well as health and fitness professionals enhance their capacity and reach their untapped potential. We aim to have the listener leave with practical advice they can apply today. Expand your capacity. All right, we're back for another discussion-based podcast on how to improve your capacity. The theme of our discussion today is burnout. I don't care who you are, how much you love your job, burnout is inevitable. The goal is not to eliminate it, but it's to manage it. Burnout is a term used to describe hitting the wall when your professional career and the day-in and day-out grind is just simply too much. You know, inevitably what starts to happen is you reduce your productivity, you lose your interest in your job, and eventually you just try to get by. You know, there's a lot of factors that lead into burnout, particularly in the health and fitness world. One is just mindset. Our mindset has changed. We want immediate satisfaction. We don't want to wait for something. We don't want to really take the time it takes for something to naturally or organically happen. We want it right now. You know, back in the day, we had expectations of working a nine-to-five job. Twenty years later, slowly moving up the ladder, maybe having more of this superior role with a higher income and more high, uh, improved job satisfaction. But these days, really, the ceiling of growth is much more limited. The job you start with is often the only job you can get. You can get minimal changes in salary, and really your occupation can be somewhat stagnant. Inevitably, then, it leads to burnout because you don't have any variety or change or any goals to achieve. Another driver of burnout is the idea of the grass is always greener on the other side. And I know I'm one that typically thinks this way myself. But in the world of social media... You see a trainer, a therapist, a chiropractor, whatever it may be, doing a unique mobilization, uh, having a facility that looks state-of-the-art, utilizing force plates or gadgets that are expensive. You see what you have, which might be ordinary and might be quote-unquote normal, and you start to get jealous. You start to always want what these other people have. In reality, if you do change jobs and maybe even move to this idealistic job, you start to then realize how good you actually had it. So again, that principle of the grass is always greener or change is always better then leads to a common prevalence of burnout. The other issues with burnouts and demands are higher. Expectations for employees are higher. Many healthcare jobs expect you to work seven days a week in some capacity doing documentation or computer work. Health and fitness professionals are the same thing. Basically, you're expected to work every day. And really, the, being an average employee, which maybe was existence back in the day with the 9-to-5 job, just simply doesn't exist anymore. Your employers or superiors basically want the best employee possible and want you to always to achieve, to improve, and grow. And often, this can lead to stress as an employee. And then another thing because of that is financials are tight. So, if I'm an employer... Let's say, again, I may be in the health field or I'm a physical therapist running a clinic. I'm getting reimbursed less and less every year by insurance companies. My costs, my rent, everything is going up more and more. So every little thing matters more now than it did 10, 20, 30 years ago. So as a superior supervisor, you're running a much tighter ship, which inevitably down the line leads to staff who gets pushed more and inevitably gets burnt out. You don't get as much one-on-one time with a client, even in the gym setting as well. If you're a trainer, it's can you see more people, more people, more people versus looking at quality. It's always quantity. 
So then what do we do about it? How can we help manage, control, burnout? Because inevitably it's going to happen, but you don't want it to truly be so bad where you lose a job you love or change something in your life dramatically because you did something that you regretted. So the first step is finding the right occupation. What are you passionate about? You know, the standard question is, if you were a billionaire and didn't have to work, what would you do to pass time? What would you do to get out of bed in the morning or keep you laid up, uh, up late at night doing work? Let's hope it's something in the health and wellness field. If not, it might be time to get out. I know for myself, I can easily stay up late at night or work weekends and get a kick out of it and be entertained and actually not mind it because I enjoy my occupation. It keeps me up at night knowing that I have work to do. It keeps me up at night and I get even frustrated if I'm not progressing or working on things. And this is just a natural organic process that then shows my passion for what I want to do. But often that's not the case. If you don't have a passion for your occupation, you don't have that drive to push yourself to work longer hours and burnout can happen. You know, this has to be an internal process. It can't be a money-driven process. If you're doing your job for finances alone, you've lost your passion for your job. Don't get me wrong, money's important. You should, you know, work your tail off and try to get the best income you can get. But again, if that's your sole driver for going to work every day, I don't care what you do. Eventually, something's going to happen and you're going to burn out. you got to find that passion or that drive. I know changing an occupation is really tough. So let's just say whatever. You have a desk job and you want to be a trainer or you're a trainer and you want to be a physical therapist or if you're a PT and you want to be an MD, you know, the timing of it's tough. So if you had a family, you have a mortgage, you have loans, the ability to change schools or sorry, go back to school or change your occupations is much tougher because you have a lot higher risk and a lot higher downsides if something goes wrong. You know, the best time to take risks with your occupation and job is when you're just out of college or just out of high school, no debt, no family. And if you fail, there's really minimal risk in what happens. With that being said, even if you are in the more risky situation further out in life, you still have to find that passion. And if you have a job that's not passionate, you've got to do something about it. So where do you start? Let's say you're in this scenario. Let's say you're burnt out. You really don't think your job's what you like. What can you do then to be proactive? First, you have to do research. First, find your passion. What is it? What could you do for the rest of your life and be content with it? Again, if it's not in the health and wellness field, be it, so be it. But you got to start figuring out what your passion is and have some self-reflection. Once you have that passion, start small. Set aside a small amount of money each month to save for school or rent or a gym space or whatever the scenario may be. Start changing your spending. It's the American way to have you know a BMW with a high monthly payment, but do you really need the BMW? It's the American way to have a four or five bedroom house with a family of three. Do you really need the extra two or three bedrooms? Do you really need the hot tub in the backyard? Don't let material possessions that are unnecessary limit your goal or your passion finding your job. Once your finances are set, finances are set, you have the proper passion to find the job or you're pretty set on it, then it just takes patience and hard work. You're either saving money or cutting back finances. Whatever you can do to then set that path to follow your passion. That's what your goal should be if you're not sure if what you're doing is the right thing. Again, you can do everything in the world and in your power to avoid burnout, but if you're in the wrong occupation, again, you're going to have an uphill battle.
right? Let's say you're in the right occupation. You want to be a PT. You're a PT. What can you do to avoid burnout because you're still having it? One thing I always recommend is finding your side hustle. By that, I mean you got to find a project you can work on that's a passion project, something that motivates you. You can do it on a regular basis. You can do it when you're not at work. You spend your free time doing it, and you get the mental reward of being satisfied with what you're doing. And often what I find is when you find that side hustle, if you build it up, it actually leads to better financial gains, better work status, even though it's not a direct relationship to start. Let's come up with an example. So let's just say, again, you're a physical therapist and you like managing runners. Make that your side hustle. Take continuing education course in manual therapy to work on lower extremity kinetic function. Maybe you're taking running-specific courses. Maybe you're hanging out with local track coaches. You're teaching in-services to staff to build an in-network referral. You run yourself. You really can't talk the talk unless you walk the walk. Soon enough, you'll be laid up at night, quote-unquote, working and enjoying it. You'll be managing clients you love working with. You'll be going to work because you actually have a fun caseload and really enjoy the caseload that you have. Inevitably, your productivity will improve and you'll probably get a financial gain from it. So find that side hustle. And I know for me, when I started, my original side hustle was, you know, working with basketball athletes. You know, I made that a passion of mine. I did speaking at conferences about it. I went out of my way to go to basketball training facilities. I uh, would go and just hang out with the local colleges with their strength coaches and shadow. And then just with time, eventually you start getting higher level college players. You start getting even NBA athletes and you really, this side hustle that was quote unquote work is really what you're dreaming about doing the whole time. And I realized that there's no financial gain to start, but if you find a side hustle and actually get good at it, it will eventually become your main job and actually give you a higher, uh, income at the same time. Another thing you can do to reduce burnout, even if you're in the right occupation, is trying to work for yourself and not your boss. And that sounds, you know, it's easier said than done. But working for yourself and not your boss first takes the ability to communicate. So if you don't have an open line of communication with your boss or your superior, that these are my goals, this is what I want to do, or maybe you can provide constructive feedback, it's going to be hard to then work for yourself instead of your boss. Why is it important to work for yourself? Because that's what's going to drive you and motivate you. And when I say that, I'm not saying you're disregarding rules and regulations, policies, and procedures. But you got to go to work not to meet some random metric that your boss provides you, but to satisfy yourself. But if you have this nice open communication with your boss and you go into each work each day to get better and to help your clients reach their potential, your productivity and numbers will naturally improve. You know, there's basic standards, but you got to, again, get back to satisfying yourself and not some number on a metric sheet or what your boss is asking. Option three or method three to help reduce burnout is a life of learning. This is hopefully easier to achieve if you're in an occupation that's your passion, right? So if I have a passional job that I'm, you know, I can get up out of bed every day and be satisfied with it, I want to keep learning and progress and become better at what I do. If you have a life of learning, you're going to be taking coursework, reading books, etc., where you're learning new techniques that you want to implement. Thus, I'm excited about going to my job. I don't care if you're a garbage man. I don't care what your occupation is. But if there's something you can do to learn to improve your personal and work performance, it's going to give you motivation to go back to work. 
you know, what I recommend is maybe setting yearly, bi-yearly goals. What are my three biggest things I want to work at at getting better at my job? My three biggest thing I want to work at at getting better at my family life. And three maybe fun goals of vacations or whatnot that you want to do. Those goals of learning and growing, again, are going to help reduce burnout. The last one, which is probably the obvious one, is a work-life balance. And this can be tricky, especially if you found a job you're passionate about you become a workaholic, you can be loving your work, but you can only do it for so long. You got to have that balance. So one thing I recommend is finding a chunk of a day, maybe an entire day every week where you know that you're not going to work no matter what the scenario is. I know there's exceptions if you had a conference or a course or you had some big thing going on. But I know for myself is any Friday afternoon after 3 or 4 p.m., no matter what the scenario is, I'm not going to work. I know I'm going to hang out with my family. I know I'm maybe going to be doing something fun, go for a bike ride after work. Maybe we're going out for dinner. Maybe I'm going skiing. Maybe we're shooting hoops or playing baseball, doing something with the fam. But that gives me a finish line every week that I know if I can get to Friday, I'm going to have this mental reprieve where I can kind of refresh and kind of kickstart myself going into the next week. And it really gives me time just to take my mind off of things. So step one is maybe trying to find, again, a chunk of time each week where you know no matter what you're going to do, you're not going to be doing work. Another thing is to try to find a vacation. Vacations can be a staycation, can be at your house, but you've got to find a time where you can unplug, turn off your phone, unplug your computer, set reminders on your email where if you're not responding, you're not ruining anything productivity-wise at work, but you've got to step away. And weirdly enough, whenever I'm not working, I actually end up doing my best work. So I'm on a vacation in Mexico with my family, and I'll get the best ideas I've had so far regarding content I want to produce, regarding growth for a staff employee that I have, uh, maybe something I want to learn, where it's just this weird natural ability where if you step away and give time to yourself, clear thinking, your family, you just get flooded with these ideas that you don't normally get through the hectic work week. Find time to unplug, find time for vacation. And the other thing in regards to the work-life balance is having support. Family support would be big, but even if you're an individual without a quote-unquote family, you still got to find people who are going to support your friends, a loved one, where they can help you cook dinner. Maybe they'll help you do groceries, maybe help you with chores around the house. If you have a significant other with kids, help you watch kids. Because if you don't have that support system, you're going to get burnt out because you can only be in so many places at one time and inevitably life's going to get hectic. So to conclude, what can we do to limit burnout? First, find your passion. Find the job that you could do for the rest of your life if you are making no money and be passionate and excited about it. The next thing I recommend is finding your side hustle. No job is perfect. There is not the gold standard ideal job for everybody. But if you can take the basics of a job that you're really passionate about and find your side hustle, it's going to keep you motivated. Work for yourself. Even if you don't own your facility, even if you're not truly a superior, build a good relationship with your superior and communicate, but you've got to work to satisfy your needs, not your boss's. Make learning a priority. If you're growing and learning, things will always be fresh and you'll always be motivated. And the last thing we said is work-life balance. No one can work all day long, every day, without hitting a wall. All right, gang, I hope you got some good pieces of feedback here on how to manage burnout. 
Even if you're the best trainer or therapist in the world with the best outcomes, you'll burn out and hit a wall unless you're proactive about it. Try to be proactive versus reactive. Don't wait till you're in the gutter and feeling like crap to start stepping back and looking at this stuff. Set goals, set short-term, long-term goals, and start making this an emphasis. So if you're 35 and have 30 more years of work, that's something that you're excited about, not dreading. Again, I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Our goal is to help individuals like you learn practical knowledge you can apply today. If you want more information about how you can improve your capacity, visit our website at capacitypt.com. We have tons of info, including blogs, exercise videos, ebooks, and more. We're soon to offer services such as mentorship for clinicians and trainers, as well as online rehab and training. Stay tuned. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to us to leave a review. Again, our goal is to help and influence as many people as possible, and the best way to do that is through word of mouth. Leave us a review, tell your friends about it, shoot us an email with your feedback. We wish everybody the best. Expand your capacity.